You're listening to a Soulfire Productions podcast. Welcome to Wellness Realness, where we get very real about all things health and wellness, physical, mental, financial, and spiritual. I'm your host, Christina Rice, a nutritional therapy practitioner and energy healer turned holistic business coach for ambitious entrepreneurs. And I'm here to help you up-level every aspect of your life. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You can find an endless amount of content from me and join my online membership at christinaricewellness.com. And if you want exclusive behind-the-scenes content and my most unfiltered self, DM a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to Wellness Realness Crew on Instagram and request to follow my super secret account. You can also join the Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe Facebook group to hang out with other listeners in the crew. Get ready for some wellness realness. Welcome back to the podcast, friends. I was in LA last week. I just got back to San Diego last night. I'm staying in a hotel for a week because I don't get my house keys for another week. So here I am in my hotel room and I had to create a little podcast corner and lock myself in part of the room because this sounds wild. This sounds totally ridiculous. I I understand. But the freezer is so loud that if I work out in the main area, you can hear it on the recording. And I was actually talking to a friend last night on the phone when I got in and she was like, what is going on in the background? And I go, it's the freezer. At this point, I don't understand. I feel like loud noises just follow me, but I really think it's the universe just pushing me into my own space, into the new house. So I'm just so excited to move into the house and feel settled. I have moved four times this year. In the in the last year, I have moved four times. How wild is that? So I will be really grateful to be settled. I don't want to pack any more boxes. So that's what I'm up to right now. It's just a huge time of transition between like living areas. I've been moving a lot, just changing with my business, my brand. I mean, spiritually, so much is happening. The new round of No Bullshit Business School is starting. The No Bullshit Business School graduate program has begun I'll be posting more about 7D Healing soon. We launched the Podcast Connector. A lot of really great stuff, a lot of transition. And I think what's so cool about podcasting is not only is it just such an amazing platform where I can just speak my mind and also interview incredible people that I wouldn't otherwise have access to. But for me, looking back and seeing how much I've shifted and changed and it's almost like a version of an of an audio diary, but not really, right? But even just in the beginning of episodes, if I mention what's going on with me, it's cool to look back and see how much things have changed and how people have been listening to the show for five years have been along for the ride, which is really, really cool. It's, I mean, ugh, this platform is so rewarding on so many levels. And I was just reflecting on that this morning, like, Wow, it's really cool. If I listened back, I could probably almost relive the last five years of my life in a in a way, which is interesting to think about. A lot of people delete their old episodes. I haven't yet. Maybe I'll change my mind in the future, but I haven't just because 
I think it's good to keep the shitty ones up, right? It makes people feel better. <laughs> we all get better as, as we go. And I'm sure in five years, I'm going to look back and be like, whoa, what was I doing? But I think that's part of the fun of growing. And don't forget the pod course enrollment is open. So if you want to launch your own podcast or uplevel your current show, you want to learn how to launch, to grow, to advertise, to monetize, and learn everything from equipment to interviewing styles to marketing, everything it took me five years to figure out, the pod course is for you. And we actually shifted the date because some things came up. So we're starting November 2nd. So enrollment is open October 26th. So yes, that was your sign from the universe not to wait any longer. And we are running this as a six-week live course. So you'll get new module content every week, plus weekly Q&A calls with me, Kelly Tennant, and Connor Moore. They run Soulfire Productions, my podcast production company. They work with so many podcasts and see the behind the scenes of so many shows. So there's just a lot of really invaluable information there. And if you haven't checked out their shows, you need to. The Kelly Show is Kelly Show. She talks all about spirituality, sexuality, personal growth. She has such an awesome variety of guests from psychics to therapists and coaches. And she also has some really juicy solo episodes. And it's cool seeing how how her brand and podcast have shifted and changed over the last few years. And I loved, I told her, I was like, I loved when you came out and you're like, this is the Kelly show now. Cause it's just talking about whatever resonates with her. And that's very much the direction I'm moving in where I'm like, I should have just been the Christina show, but it'll be kind of like that. But yeah, you definitely need to check out the Kelly show. If you haven't already listened, you can just search the Kelly show, Kelly with an I on Apple podcasts and check it out there. If you enjoy this show, you will love, love, love her show. It was 4.44 right when I finished that on, <laughs> as I'm recording it, it shows me the timestamps and it was 4.44. And then before when I was saying the pod course, it said 3.33. I have been talking about this recently on Instagram, but every single time I look at the clock or numbers now, every single time it's a version of angel numbers. So I don't know if anyone else here is experiencing that. I wouldn't be surprised if you are because times are changing. Really exciting. And I actually plan to talk about angel numbers a bit more in a future episode. But for today, we're going to talk about something different, although kind of related. Today, I'm going to talk about death and my relationship with death and really my changing relationship with death and how changing my relationship with death gave me so much confidence and allowed me to see the world in a much different way. It really freed me and allowed me to really go after what I wanted. And the topic of death has come up quite a lot within my group coaching programs and amongst my clients in particular, not in the context of the sickness, we'll call it, because I don't want my episode flagged. But it was actually around the, the last time I was in LA, which at this point, I don't even know what month that was. It wasn't too long ago. And there was a period of maybe two to three weeks starting around then where I had that. I remember that one week alone, I had 11 or 12 people specifically who were my clients, their grandmas all passed. And I thought, this is really odd. Like this concentration of grandmothers passing that are all my clients and my grandmother passed th that same week too. And then as the next two weeks went on, it kept coming up and more of my clients or people in my programs, people connected to me were telling me that their grandmother passed. And I was like, okay, I, I think I counted. I know I got up to the number 23. 
it within three weeks of people telling me that their grandmother had passed. And I believe this has a lot to do with just what's happening as we're ascending from 3D to 5D and soul contracts and all of this. But as that kept happening, I kept having conversations around death and sharing more of my viewpoint on it, relationship with it. And a lot of my clients were telling me it was really helpful for them. So I thought I would share it here because I think that this topic is whether consciously or subconsciously on a lot of people's minds because of what's going on in the world. And I think quarantine, well, I know quarantine has brought to light, whether or not people realize it, people's relationship with death and also with their identities, with themselves, who they really are. And so this is a really important topic to talk about. We have to face these conversations and think more deeply, ask more questions of ourselves. This is how we're going to make the change and really, really realize that fear is a very powerful way to control people. When people are afraid, they fall into line. And so I want you to keep that in mind and just always be aware of, is somebody trying to make me afraid? And again, always going back to what decisions am I making out of fear? What decisions am I making out of love and abundance? It always comes back to those. Our decisions, our thoughts are coming from fear, scarcity, or love and abundance mindset. And there are a lot of complexities to this, but I'd like to just break it down that way because I think it's easy for people to use in their daily lives. I know for me, whenever I am contemplating something, viewing it from that framework is really helpful for me to make the best decision or shift my viewpoint. So that's why I like to phrase it like that because I think it's just easy for people to use that framework. It's a really simple question. Not always a simple answer, but <laughs> simple question. But back to what's happening in today's world. Okay. So if we're afraid, if we're getting triggered on a larger scale, we always have to look into that, right? Our triggers are our greatest teachers. And so why am I triggered? Why am I afraid? What am I really afraid of? And if this isn't a question that you've asked yourself before, it's really important to start asking yourself that. So let me tell you the story about my relationship with death and how it changed. So when I was really little, I mean, I had just debilitating anxiety and depression. And now that I'm older and things have opened up more, I understand that there was there was a lot of psychic information coming through for me and talking to different beings and also psychic attacks at a, at a younger age that were contributing to this that I didn't realize when I was younger and I didn't really have the tools to to handle all of that coming through. So I have a different perspective on it now. But as I was going through it, it was definitely a gift because it it forced me to become very introspective about everything I was afraid of. I was so paranoid that if I went outside, if I was walking by myself, if I was in an area and I wasn't protected, I was going to get kidnapped or murdered or raped. I was afraid every night. If I, if I slept, I was afraid that I would die in a fire. If the house set on fire, there would be an earthquake, I would die. There would be some type of big hurricane or tsunami. We don't even live in, we didn't even live in an area that had those, but I mean, this is literally, I was afraid of this every night. And I was afraid that somebody was going to break into the house and shoot everybody. My sister's obsession with Law and Order SVU and Lifetime movies did not help 
this issue, let me tell you that, did not help. And I just, I was so afraid of everything. I was so afraid. And oh, I think back to myself and I just want to give myself a hug because the response I was getting from people outside of me was really just like, don't worry about it. Stop talking. You need to stop crying. And I was very interested in this idea of heaven and angels, saints, archangels. I grew up Catholic and I was trying to understand death and what happened after from that context because that's how I grew up and I went to Catholic school. And all of a sudden, I was just really trying to wrap my brain around it. And I mean, I had these anxieties, this paranoia for a very, very long time. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older, probably around middle school and then beginning of high school, when I was really, really depressed because I hated my life and I just was obsessed with this idea of my purpose and what is my purpose here. And I felt like my whole life was get up, go to school, study, do homework, go to volleyball practice, sleep. Like that was it. And I felt like the relationships in my life weren't very fulfilling. I could pick up on everybody's energies. I felt like so many people were just angry and sad and everything was dramatic and I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel happy. And I just thought, why the hell am I here? Like, what is the purpose of this? What is the purpose of being here when life is so painful? And these were my thoughts. And I started thinking a lot about suicide when I was in at the end of middle school and more in high school. And it was more of just like wondering about it, you know, like, would it be easier? Would I be happier? And then I had to face this idea of what do I think happens after? I'm not really sure. I wasn't sure because at that point, you know, I had such an awful experience <laughs> growing up Catholic in Catholic school, and then I went to public high school. So after after I graduated from middle school, I was just like, I'm not religious. I don't believe in Catholicism. I just kind of rejected it. I didn't know what I believed. And I also felt like I just didn't want to think about what I believed because I didn't know how to wrap my head around it. But what I did know was I was really struggling with this idea of purpose. I wanted to understand the purpose. And when I started learning about philosophy in high school, we had philosophy class. And I mean, I I loved it. And just learning about different people's ideas, philosophies, it's 11, 11 here, philosophies around how it all began and perception, reality. I loved it. And I didn't feel like I got a clear answer within myself in terms of what I believed in, but I got validated in the sense of, wow, there are these really incredible educated philosophers who all have very strong opinions, different opinions. And so, okay, this is safe for me to just explore and think about. So I started thinking more about what I was really afraid of. And I realized what I'm what I was really afraid of was death and physical pain. So that's what I started working with. Okay, I know I'm afraid of death and physical pain. The reason why I got to the physical pain piece was I knew I was so afraid of death. I was paranoid about everything because I was I was afraid to die. But then when I thought more about it, I realized there are certain ways of dying I wasn't afraid of. I wasn't afraid of dying if it was going to be a peaceful thing. I was more afraid of the 
pain associated with it. I didn't want to die in a painful way. So what I was really afraid of for me personally was the physical pain, extreme physical pain, like getting tortured. I was like hiding all the knives that I could find everywhere. It was, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was paranoid. But this was such an interesting evolution for me. And what was so helpful was really getting clear on what I was afraid of. And so I know for me, it was very much physical pain. And the more I thought about it, I wasn't really that afraid of dying because I, w- I was at the time so unhappy here. I thought, I mean, it couldn't be worse because what I had kind of concluded at the time was like, okay, if I die, I just become dirt. Like that's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I thought. And you know, if that's what you believe, I totally respect that, but it's not what I believe now. Anyway, it was so helpful for me to pinpoint what I actually was afraid of instead of just running around in this unnamed fear. Because when we don't have a, a name for it, when we can't identify it, it's even it's even scarier. And when we name it, we can break it down more. And then I realized, okay, I'm actually just really afraid of the physical pain piece and not the death itself. That's helpful for me. So I just kind of let that sit. And then fast forward, I mean, through high school and then college, I really struggled with this idea of purpose because I'm like, okay, I'm here. I'm here for a reason. And I knew that. I'm like, I'm here for a reason, but I really hate my life. I feel like I just do the same thing every day and there's no purpose behind it. And I need to do something greater. If I'm going to be here and I'm going to endure all of this bullshit around me, then I need to feel like I have a purpose. There has to be a purpose. Why would I like, why would I just be here if there wasn't a purpose? Because when I thought about the idea of dying, I thought, is it really just like we come here, like work, hang out with people, struggle, have surface level conversations, and then we die and then we're dirt? Is that it? <laughs> that was really the framework I was working with. It didn't, it didn't resonate with me. And when I got really sick and was very much on the brink of death, I mean, I... I was dealing with a lot of physical pain and dealing with that made me realize if I can go through this, I I think I can handle the pain piece. And at that point, I'm like, well, what's stopping me from just committing suicide? I mean, at the time, because I felt like I, I mean, I was very much going in that direction. I, my body just wouldn't stop losing weight. My organs were starting to shut down. I was dealing with a lot of very intense negative emotional energy. I lost most of the relationships in my life. I was treated pretty poorly by people around me. I had to drop out of school, which at that point was pretty much my identity because all I did was try and get straight A's because classic. And there was one night in particular and some things happened. I broke down crying. I fell to the floor and I was in so much physical pain. And I like, I said out loud, I said, I'm going to call 10 people. If one person answers, then I'll stay. Otherwise, I'm just going to end it. And I started calling people one by one and nobody was picking up. And I got to number seven and... I'm thinking, wow, is really nobody going to answer? Like, and I was doing this very slowly. And then finally, 
someone called me back. Someone who I had called, I think the second or third person I called, she called me back and we talked and I just broke down. I told her how much I was struggling and she uh, said she was going to come down and visit me. And so I hung up and I just thought, okay, well, there's, there's my sign. There is my sign that there has to be a greater purpose here. So I need to figure it out. And then I started thinking about all of my experiences of death up until that point with family members, people in my life. And it was such a sad, such a sad thing, such a sad experience. And I think for me, you know, up until that point, wondering, I was wondering, well, what happens? to that person and like how sad is it that this person lost their life and then there was a piece of me wondering like but did that person even enjoy their life because I know my experience right now and up until that point I this and this is just my experience I just felt like I don't I'm not it might be easier if I was on the other side and so I always just kind of wondered that and it was what was the hardest for me was seeing the people left behind right seeing family members, children, partners, just crushed and almost picking up the pieces afterward. And I remember thinking that even for myself, I thought it's going to be more drama, a bigger ordeal for people if I just end my life and leave. And then I had a thought where I said, that is so selfish of me if I were to do that. And then I thought, honestly, fuck everybody who's ever pushed me into such a dark place. This was my thinking at the time. I was like, fuck everybody who's done that. Like, fuck y'all. I'm going to get through this and I'm going to create the best fucking life ever. I'm not going to fold. And all of this together lit a fire under my ass. And for me, really facing that whole time period where I was pretty much on the brink of death and like very much in the hospital, like, hey, you might not make it through the week, all of these moments. There's so much during that time period that I've never talked about that I don't know that I I want to. It's just, yeah, low vibration. And it took me going through that experience to really contemplate these things and learn to truly not give a shit. Like I felt like I had lost a lot and I just felt like I didn't have a purpose. I felt like I didn't have relationships. I thought, what is the point of all this? I'm completely not happy. My body's physically falling apart. Like, what is the purpose? And then I started thinking about, well, if I'm going to, if I could die, then why do I give a shit what Jane over here thinks? Why am I giving this person my time, energy, attention when it doesn't matter? Why am I killing myself to try and get perfect grades and everybody else's approval when like I could be way happier if I eased up on myself and just followed what I wanted to do? Why am I trying to follow a career path that stresses me out and I haven't even gotten into it yet that I don't even want to do, but I think that's what somebody else will think is successful. I'm basically signing up for a life of unhappiness because I think somebody else wants me to do this. And why the hell would I do that? Why would I do that if I could die tomorrow? Slash at this point, I was really also, I mean, for a long time, I had always wondered, like, are these people real? Like, or is this my video game? going back to simulation theory like is this my video game and all these people are here and it's all just like this giant test and I'm gonna wake up 
in 20 years when I quote die and it will just all have been a test of how did I respond to these characters in the game that were pushing my buttons. So I was like, I haven't figured this shit out yet. I need to win the, I need to win the video game and figure this out. But that was a really profound experience for me in so many ways. And one of which is it completely changed my attitude. It completely changed my attitude in the sense that I learned to really not give a fuck what other people thought if somebody else didn't think I was good enough or someone said something mean to me, somebody made fun of me, somebody told me I was throwing my life away, other people's expectations. Like I was like, I don't care. I don't care. What is it to you? I realized that the thing that mattered the most were my intentions. And as long as I was acting from a place of good intention, of love and heart and truth and honesty, then I don't give a fuck what other people have to say. And I realized I don't even have time to give a shit what somebody else had to say, right? If if something happened to me tomorrow, then I sure as hell am not going to spend today worrying that Sally Sue over here doesn't think I'm good enough. And I just really realized that the only expectations that I wanted to meet were my own and that I got to choose those expectations. And that up until this point, I had been choosing a life of I'm a victim, of sadness, of giving in to everybody else's wants and needs and desires, and that I could choose to be happy. I could choose to follow my heart, my dreams, what I wanted to do. And yes, that would mean letting some people down. But if I was going to disappoint anyone, it sure as hell was not going to be myself anymore. So that was a huge epiphany for me and such an important experience for me to go through to really build a lot of confidence in myself in the sense of I feel confident in following my path, my aligned path, coming from my heart, my soul, being in alignment with my purpose, figuring out my purpose and everything else can fall as it may. But I get to decide how I want my life to be. I get to create my reality. And in order for me to do that, I had to stop being a victim and let everybody else's expectations rule my decisions because that is what I was letting them do. So that was a huge shift for me and growing my confidence and learning to really not give a fuck. I spent a really long time trying to find happiness from meeting other people's expectations and being, quote, perfect in what other people thought I should do. And it left me feeling depressed, lonely, and very unhappy. So about time to try it another way. (laughs) About time to try it another way by just focusing on what I wanted. So with that shift, my whole life changed. I changed my life plan. I was just a totally different person from that experience. I was more relaxed. I had more fun. I learned to just do what I wanted instead of what I thought other people wanted me to. And I became really happy. I found incredible friends. I found people who really understood me, who got me. I was having conversations I loved, doing things I loved. I wasn't trying to mold to what other people were doing. And I just felt like my whole life opened up with that shift. How amazing would it be if you could have the most delicious drink you had ever had in your life? And from drinking that delicious drink, you were detoxifying your body, boosting your energy naturally, improving your skin health, balancing your stress hormones, promoting anti-aging, 
and boosting your immune system. This is possible with Organifi. This is why I am obsessed with green juice and I have it every single day. I have a glass next to me right now. It is a delicious minty green juice packed with 11 superfoods for detoxifying the body and boosting your energy naturally. It has superfoods like moringa, which is amazing for fighting disease, improving skin health and boosting energy, ashwagandha for balancing out your hormones, spirulina, chlorella, beets, turmeric, mint, lemon, so many amazing superfoods. It tastes delicious. All you do is add a scoop to cold water and I like to add maybe two to three ounces of nut milk. Trust me, your life will be changed forever and it's such a delicious way to get natural energy. And probably my favorite way to get spirulina and chlorella in my diet because I love getting those in daily for detox. I usually have that in the morning and then as an afternoon pick-me-up, I love the Organifi Red Juice. It tastes like fruit punch, but it is totally healthy, 100% organic, and only has one gram of sugar per serving. No caffeine and you get a great boost of natural energy from some of the awesome ingredients like beets, acai, cordyceps, Siberian ginseng, and more. And I can't wrap this up without mentioning Organifi Gold. If you have not had this yet, it is like instant golden milk. It contains 12 superfoods, including organic turmeric, ginger, reishi mushroom extract, lemon balm, turkey tail mushroom extract, magnesium chloride, and more. And what I love is there's so many ingredients that I like to get in every day. And so all I have to do is drink my delicious Organifi Gold and I'm good to go. And you do not want to miss out on the current pumpkin spice option that is available. This is seasonal and it is so delicious and you can drink these cold. So what I actually love to do is put it in in hot or cold water, mix it up. And especially with the pumpkin spice, I love to add two to three ounces of nut milk and it just makes it creamy, dreamy, amazing. It's like a healthy pumpkin spice latte without caffeine. You could totally add in some organic coffee if you want but I love this for winding down. It tastes so delicious and is such a great, healthy after dinner, quote, dessert. And you're boosting your health along the way. So if you have not tried those out, you need to get on the Organifi train, check out all of their products. You can go to Organifi.com slash CRW. That's spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash CRW. And when you go to Organifi.com slash CRW, that code CRW will get you 15% off your order. They have so many incredible products. I use all of them and I love all of them. You will not be let down. So I'm really excited to hear what you think. So then over the years, I was diving deeper into spirituality and alternative health. And really in terms of spirituality, it started with seeing other healers and becoming a Reiki practitioner. And it was really through brain rewiring that I started exploring on a deeper level, what I think happens when people pass. Really exploring the soul, my soul, other souls, what happens to our soul, what does that mean? And then I was just having different experiences as an energy healer and as my mediumship and psychic ability started opening up where I'm like, wow, I'm experiencing these things. I'm talking to these people. As I was communicating with people who had passed, I'm thinking, okay, this is interesting. So I can communicate with them and they're very clearly here. And I learned a lot through those experiences and the deep work that comes with brain rewiring and a lot of shadow work and self-development and just exploring questions that I had been too afraid to explore 
but I had to, to rewire the brain. And brain rewiring, when you do it properly, you become spiritual. <laughs> like you, you just do because your, your mind opens up so much and you start to understand how you understand through the process of rewiring your brain and learning the science behind it, how our reality is our perception and we can change our reality, our physical reality by shifting our perception, by rewiring the brain. And it really starts to make you wonder what is all this? And also, wow, okay, as I rewire my brain and I focus on what I what I want and I rewire to get that which I want, who I want to be, I change my personality, my environment changes, my reality changes, I become really good at manifesting. It's all connected. And also around this time, I was exploring more around past lives. And as a as a healer, as a psychic, as a medium, I'm talking to dead people, right? And I am also seeing past lives for other people and also myself and experiencing it for myself as if it's reality. Now, I didn't have a past life regression with somebody else until it was actually in the last couple months. And I also... Uh, don't do drugs. I've never done ayahuasca. I have smoked weed like probably nine times in my life. This is all just like my personal psychic experiences and experiences as a medium. And now I, so because I, now that I channel and this is very much part of my business, I don't like to read books or watch other people who, who channel not because they're not great, more because I just want to maintain the purity of the channel and make sure that everything that's coming through is is purely from source and not, you know, anything from the other part of my my mind coming in. It just allows me to trust it more. But when I was first starting to get into spirituality and when I first started practicing Reiki, I read the book Many Lives, Many Masters. And it's a really popular book if you haven't read it before, but it's it's the story of a psychiatrist and I don't remember all the details because this was a few years ago when I read this book, but basically one of his patients started like remembering these past life experiences and almost like going into a trance. And then she was kind of like talking about the soul in between. And this was really interesting for me, learning more about other people's experiences, remembering their past lives, channeling this type of information that really opened my my mind Two more of this information coming through for myself. And after that, I didn't read anything else about past lives. And I really just wanted to explore this more for myself. And so then it's been the last few years of channeling information, doing my work as a healer, as an energy healer, as a medium, as a psychic. And this is sort of the conclusions I've reached for myself, my beliefs. It is totally okay if you disagree, if you don't have the same beliefs, but I'm just going to share what resonates with me and what I believe to be true based on my experiences, because this connects with how I feel about death. And I'll sort of work backward here. So when all of those grandmas were passing and I mentioned that my grandma had died too on a coaching call. And, you know, when a client is upset in pain, sad, I mean, I'm always holding space and I totally can resonate with their emotion. I mean, I'm such an empath, right? I'm feeling it in my body. But as I have done more work as a medium and psychic, I find that I'm not that sad about death because I understand it differently. And I don't want you to take this the wrong way. I think, of course, it can be very sad when someone you love 
moves on to the next place and they're no longer in physical form around you. But I think because I'm so connected with the other side, I don't feel that as much anymore. So I remember when family members died before when I really hadn't explored this relationship with death and before I had these experiences. And I mean, I was just a wreck. I was so sad. And recently when my grandmother passed, I I was told that and it was it was in the evening and it was just a few hours later that she visited me. She came straight in. Right. And so because I and I and I talked to her and I talked to her and she was like, she was like, it is a mess. It's a mess down there. I'm glad to be moved on. I I was not feeling great those last few years of my life. And you know that. And, you know, she's just she's very uh sassy. And so I'm having this whole conversation with her. Right. And so for me, it doesn't feel like she's necess- she's gone because I can I can call her in or my other grandma I call in all the time and I feel like I have closer relationships with them now than when they were in physical form because I can call in their spirit whenever whenever I need. And so I actually feel closer to them and I also understand that it's it's a better place for so many. And I have I mean talked to thousands of dead people. I know this might sound wild, but life of a medium. And as my mediumship opened up, I had you know different experiences with this. And the first time I ever was talking to somebody who passed versus it's it's very natural and easy for me to connect with angels, archangels, these higher vibration beings, but mediumship is a different frequency. It's a little bit closer to down here. And when I was working with my first spiritual mentor, I told him, I said, you know, I, I would take time every day. I would be talking to all my spirit guides and this little kid popped in, this little kid and his name was Tommy. And there was just something different about him. He felt, it was just, it felt like a different vibration and he seemed a little nervous, but I I mean, I checked to make sure and he wasn't like dark energy. And I'm like, why is this little like kid who's so nervous and afraid, like on my spirit team? I didn't understand what was going on. I talked to my mentor and we like called him and he was saying, Tommy is, he's in between and he's looking for help crossing. And so I had this whole conversation with Tommy. Tommy was scared. And this is when I learned more about mediumship and how like, you know, when they see somebody who has access to, to the other side and they, they need help crossing, they have a message they want to share. They'll kind of find that, that beam of light. And that's how he found me. And so that's when I learned how to help them, you know, move on, how to help the, the soul move on to the next place where it needed to go. And that kind of started it. And since then, I I take time every day, if not every couple of days, and they like line up for me. And sometimes they have messages they want to share. I help them move into the light if they need to move there. I learn a lot from them. I have experienced now a lot of people who have passed in my life who I knew personally, also clients, like anyone who's connected with me, like often when they pass, they they look for somebody who is who they can connect with, who has some degree of connection to their loved one if they have a message. Sometimes they have a message. Sometimes they, they for, for somebody. Sometimes they just want to talk. Sometimes they they want help moving. Sometimes they they're just confused. And so I've had so many conversations with dead people. Like I can't even tell you. And it can be very helpful for my clients, right? If they want to connect after somebody's passed, and can be very therapeutic for people. Not everybody wants that for sure, but I've had certain clients who, you know, they want to call in 
that. And th- that's what a medium is. You know, I've had some people like they meant to go to a psychic and they went to a medium. They're like, oh, I didn't know mediums called in dead people. But yeah, that's what it is. So I've had a lot of these conversations and in conversations with people who have passed, combined with all of my conversations and experiences with talking to my spirit guides and different angels and just everything I've channeled, I have a different relationship with death where it's not something I fear anymore. And I understand that my belief is, I should say, my belief is our souls choose physical forms to take for a certain lifetime to learn certain human lessons. And this is why we often notice themes. If you if you move into different lifetimes and you know you do quote past lives. I mean really time time and space is a three-dimensional construct, right? So it's it's really is it really past? Not really, but it's easier for us to think about it that way. But we notice themes if you think about your past lives and these themes will keep coming up until we break the pattern. And also sometimes there is this sort of balancing of okay, you experience this in in one lifetime and now what are you going to experience here? And kind of a balancing of the scales, so to speak. This is why past life work can be so helpful when it comes up. That's a whole other topic. But sometimes we carry in emotions or aversions, fears that aren't even from this life. It's from a life, another life or many that we haven't worked through or it's it's just a, it's a mismatch. And so cutting that cord, sometimes simply cutting the cord in the awareness can can relieve us of those fears. This is why a lot of people have fears around opening up their psychic abilities because you've probably been killed before. I know I've experienced that many times. Um, get, you get killed for your psychic gifts or in, in major trouble. And so we can have some fears about opening up in this life. And it's just, it's a mismatch, right? We don't have to carry it in this life. So sometimes it's just being able to identify where that fear comes from and cut that cord allows us to release it. Other times, patterns are going to keep popping up until we learn the lesson. Or sometimes it's like, okay, I was super poor in that that life. Now in this life, I'm about to be rich AF. Or I was the oppressor in this life and now I'm the oppressed here. And that's something that a lot of people don't want to face is we've all been the oppressor and we've all been the oppressed. But our souls chose to come into these human bodies. Your soul chose your particular human body to learn specific lessons to evolve as a human. And so my understanding is when I die, my soul is simply going to move on to wherever it needs to go next. So maybe it's going to pop in another human body to learn some more lessons, or it's going to float around for a bit, move into another dimension. Maybe I'll be a guide for a while. I have actually, my soul has spent more time being a guide, a, a spirit guide for for others than it has been in a human body. So most of my past lives, I've been a psychic seer, energy healer, which I've seen a lot of those, but I have spent more time as a spirit guide and as an angel with the angels, my soul has than it's been in a human body. But the point is my soul is going to go exactly where it needs to go, right? Like what is my soul contract? I I have already chosen what body I'm going to go into, when I'm going to die. Like it's, it's already contracted. And so I need to embrace the human experience and learn all of my lessons 
learn all of my lessons. So dive into the work. And that is what's going to give me purpose. Learn the lessons. And wherever I go next is exactly where I need to go. And oh my God, I could get really deep down the rabbit hole here. You know, I channel Isis and she has taken me to the underworld many times. And here's the thing. With everything I've experienced, I just don't view death as something scary anymore. I think that often they might feel scared or confused when I've communicated with them. When they feel scared and confused, it's because they're they're still trying to figure out what's going on right now because they haven't really like they haven't fully moved to the next phase yet. And they're still trying to wrap their heads around all of this. And so I think if you can start to understand the idea of the soul, the concept of many lives you spend less time, but I don't even like to use that word time because again, time doesn't exist. (laughs) Time doesn't exist after this three-dimensional plane. Trying to figure it out after you pass and it's very much like the more I learn my lessons here in in this life, in this human body, and the more I make sure that, hey, when I die, I won't have more messages to share. I feel like the easier it will be for me to just go to the next phase. And around the pain, what I have been told is that when you are going to die, like you are going to die, your consciousness is like kind of cut off before you're going to actually experience that level of pain. Like your your soul has already decided it's leaving and you don't actually experience that pain, you you move on. Let's be honest, you kind of want to start a podcast and you have that thought for a reason. This is exactly why I teamed up with Kelly Tennant and Connor Moore and we have combined forces to create the pod course, which is a course that teaches you everything you need to know about how to launch and grow a successful podcast. I've been podcasting for five years Kelly and Connor have been doing this for a long time too. We've all hosted different shows. We've all rebranded. Kelly and Connor run Soulfire Productions, our production company. So they work with so many podcasts every single day, seeing behind the scenes. And we know how complicated it can be. So we combined all of our information and knowledge and laid everything out in a really easy to understand, super helpful format. So you can learn in six weeks what took us collectively probably about 15 years to figure out. We cover everything from technology, what equipment to use, how to set up your podcast logistically, hosting it, editing it, producing it, branding your show, naming your show, figuring out your niche, different podcasting styles and how to format your show, how to interview. This is crucial. And Kelly was a professional reporter for a long time. So it's very helpful to have her professional skills. We talk about guest outreach, how to get amazing guests on your show, pitching your podcast, getting on other shows, different promotional strategies and marketing strategies, how to build and grow your community, how to get reviews, and of course, how to monetize. There's so much misinformation out there about monetizing your podcast and we lay it all out so that you can grow your show, monetize it, and you don't have to have a gazillion downloads to do so. Kelly, Connor, and I all have experience building podcasts from the ground up. We didn't have big followings and then whip out a podcast and everybody ran our way. So we get exactly where you are. It can help guide you through this so that you can launch your show and hit the ground running. We are launching this six week course starting November 2nd. It is going to have weekly modules. We'll have video and audio content, PDFs and guides to support you along the way, and then weekly Q&A calls. 
so that you can connect with other podcasters and have that community aspect as well. And you will leave this course able to create massive impact and make money. Enrollment closes October 26th and we have limited spots available. So make sure you head to thepodcourse.com to snag your spot now. We start November 2nd. Enrollment closes October 26th and you can sign up at thepodcourse.com. We are so excited to help you launch a kick-ass show. There's a lot I could say about this, but basically through these experiences, I don't fear death because I don't fear the pain piece anymore. And also because I understand that pain is something that the human mind perceives. I believe that you can you can master pain and when you the more you master neutrality and like not assigning an emotion or label to anything you experience that you see that you perceive because this is all connected to brain rewiring that you don't feel pain but that's a whole other thing something really cool I would love to master I've been (laughs) trying to work on this but also in the context of death I don't believe I will experience pain when I when I am going to die and also how I see this human life it's just such a bigger such a bigger picture so to speak like this is just one life of many of of many lives to be totally honest i view my myself as like my soul's up there my soul came down to like fulfill a mission learn some lessons do some important things i'm i'm in the video game down here doing the thing and when it's done it's done and i i mean i hope i get everything done as i should but i don't see anything to fear. I don't see anything to fear. And I think this is connected to everything that's happening right now in the world with the quarantine and, you know, people who are really afraid of it. They're really afraid of it. And I've had this conversation and I just, at this point, it's hard for me to connect with people who are afraid to die because then it's like, you need to, I think you need to explore that more because personally, I just view it as if it's my time, it's my time. And there's nothing I can do to change that. And so if that's what like I'm is supposed to happen, it's, it's going to happen. And I can't live my life in fear of that happening. There's, there's no point. Then I am deciding to choose fear. And that is not what I want this human life to be about for me. And even if I pass, I believe my soul can still connect with all the people here that I love. I, I just feel like we're never really gone. It's it's this or something better is how I feel. So I think that just all of those experiences have, I mean, they've really shifted my opinion on death. I think that this idea of heaven and hell has partially been, I mean, used to scare people, right, into following somebody else's codes of conduct. It can be used as a fear mechanism. And then also people who aren't coming from that intention, I think it can get misconstrued because of just a lack of understanding, I'll say. Like when I go into the underworld with ISIS and what like my perception of the underworld and she's showing me this, it's like this is still all perception and I still don't view that as hell. That 
the heaven and hell idea is assigning a positive and negative connotation to things. And like the more you ascend and go other places, it's not about is this good? Is this bad? It is coming from a level of neutrality in viewing things and also just vibration and what is higher vibration, what is lower vibration. And then what we do as humans is we assign words and labels to high vibrational energies, experiences, emotions, and then lower vibrational energies, experiences, emotions. I'm going off on a tangent, but I hope that it makes sense to you now how my my view on death has evolved. So in short, because, I mean, when a loved one passes, of course, it can be so sad that, you know, it's not going to be exactly the same. However, for me, it's also this level of awareness of, hey, I can call that person in and probably actually have a closer relationship with them now. And sometimes I can call them in and it feels, you know, it's more on a mediumship level. And then other times it feels more like an energy, like an angel or a guide. But I just believe that we leave this human life exactly when we are supposed to. Exactly when we're supposed to. and. It's all about showing up to the lessons and being open to whatever the next experience is. And when I think about what really is death, there's this three-dimensional human thing happening, but really it's just, to me, soul is ready to move on to the next experience, the next lessons, the next mission. And then the more we start to understand the idea of oneness in that we all are one, we are all extensions of the same, what I will call source energy. My soul can always connect with another soul because we are one. So this might be getting really uh, high level here. So I'll kind of bring it back down. But I hope this was interesting for you. And I know for many of my clients who I've explained my just my feelings around it they have told me it's really helped them and you know if a loved one passes and i am not crying or showing the same types of emotions that other people would expect it's not because i don't have feelings i have feelings but i just have a very different understanding and i think that death is can be a really beautiful thing in the sense of I know it's it can be very difficult and painful but beautiful in the sense of like let's celebrate that let's celebrate the life that that person had and wow now this person is moving to a better place maybe not in the sense that some people imagine like this just it's either heaven or hell but it's okay that soul is ready for the next adventure and I can actually connect with that person in other ways that might actually make me feel closer to them through these types of connections than maybe I did even in human life. I know I've had this experience where there are people who have passed who I have a much better relationship with them now (laughs) as, as they have passed and we talk and I understand more things about them. And yeah, it's all perception. It's all perception and it's the human body that is changing. Our soul is just going to move on to the next level. It's, it's all, think about changing form. 
changing form. So this is why people say death is an illusion. You know, human, like my, like the physical body, quote, dying. Okay, we can say, yeah, but death is an illusion. The sense of, you know, where is your soul going next? So thoughts to ponder. Again, just because I believe something doesn't mean you have to take it or leave it. More so, I just encourage you to open your mind to different perspectives, different ways of seeing things and ask the question for yourself of what are you really afraid of? Because if you can name what you're really afraid of, right? Why is all of the the quarantine stuff, the quote sickness, why is this making me afraid? What am I actually afraid of? Is it dying? Is it suffering? Is it losing money? Is it losing my house? Okay, well, what if that all happened? Why am I afraid of those things? Like, what's the worst that can happen? Why am I afraid of it? And really getting in there and exploring what you believe to be true about life, death, souls, what happens after, purpose. These are all really important questions. And this is part of the purpose of why this is all happening for us right now so that we can really explore these things and do the deeper work. When you're triggered by something, when you're afraid of something, that is your opportunity to explore it and expand in a really profound way. Thank you for tuning in. I'm going to wrap it up there for today. Hope it was interesting. Let me know if this shifts your perspective in some way, but I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Do something nice for yourself and I will chat with you again next episode.